Hey everyone ever, and welcome to a glorified rerun of 20th Century Pop, the show that tries to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins, and today we're reposting an episode from back on uh, February 8th, uh, 2018. It was the 51st episode of the show, and um, on it, Bob and I uh, discussed major pieces of pop culture that we somehow missed, um, did, did not see or did not hear or experience, uh, despite the being key pop pieces of our peers. And I'm reposting it today because uh, we were about a year in when this episode went up, a year of doing the podcast. And I feel like when this one went up that uh, we had finally hit upon what the show could fully be. We could talk about pop culture beyond just talking about when it came out and what we thought about it and actually sort of examine some social aspects that come into play in playing with pop culture. Uh, So I'm happy to represent it today. Um, If you haven't heard it before, I I hope you enjoy it. And just as a quick warning, it is from early on in our production, so audio levels and and, and edits may not be as smooth as they have uh, come to be. And I say that uh, knowing um, if there's one thing this show is uh, not... Um, it's smooth, uh, Lee edited. Uh, nevertheless, here's Bob and I talking about how either or both of us had yet to experience Jaws, The Godfather, and Bruce Springsteen. And we scream into that bitter night. Hey, three plus one makes four. I think the big one, yeah, I think the big one for me that I haven't gone back to, that I've seen references to, I... I, I know those references, <clears throat> and I know I don't know the movie, and I'm sure it's fantastic, but I have very little interest of, to see it, and that's The Godfather. 1972's The Godfather? Uh, I think that's the Francis one. Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather? Yes, sir. Horse-headed in a bed, uh, The Godfather? Horse-headed in a bed. That's not going to shock me, because I know there's a horse-headed in a bed. Uh, I know there's a cannoli, uh, you know, so, <laughs> but that's not, that's not the movie. I understand that that's not the movie. I know that there's so much more to the movie. It's a well-made, well-crafted the greatest movie. American well, movie ever made. Exactly. And I should see it, but I don't really have a, a drive to see it because it's just been talked about so much and on so many top 10 lists and uh, referenced in so many various ways. That yeah, it's like uh, I feel like it'd be a job to sit down and watch it, and it, I don't want to have to feel that way. Well, this is interesting because this is actually a little different, uh, I think, from from okay. what I was looking at, which is good. I mean, part one of the things you just said is it, it is it's been on so many top ten lists. It's considered a great piece, and I guess if you're hearing that all the time, it would be odd to me that you wouldn't want to rush out and see what's considered. <laughs> One of you know you like film. I know you do. I've seen movies with you. We sat in the theater and saw Armageddon. So I know you like loud movies. You probably like well-made <laughs> movies. Why? Let's. I just want to quickly make something clear. We didn't necessarily choose to see Armageddon. We just wanted a nice place to take a nap. <laughs> Hard to day. do. Loudest movie ever made. But <laughs> The Godfather, greatest movie ever made, which I have also never seen. Do you think it's spite? Is that why you haven't gone for this piece of pop culture? Culture haven't gone to see it. It might be a little. I think at this point in my life, it's probably a bit of that because it's just like, okay, I've gone this long. Why, you know, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it now, and you can't make me, kind of thing. So there's a little bit of pride or sense of self placement, like I'm not part of that, and you're not going to get me to see that. <clears throat> but why do you think everybody likes it though? Why do you like? How do before that, how did you first, or when do you think you first knew what the Godfather was, or when did you first encounter a reference to it that you're like, oh, that's a movie? Um, oh gosh, I, I don't know. You know what I, you know what I probably really started to understand that the Godfather was a thing was when the Freshman came out. Yeah, actually, was, yes, I remember that. 1990, the Freshman is a movie. What, what is it for people who maybe don't follow? crap movies that never went anywhere by andrew bergman i i don't know exactly what it is but it, it involves because i saw it once you, you actually saw it i've only seen the trailers for it i saw i think i saw it i have a vague recollection of seeing it and uh it's matthew broderick 
and he has to do something with this gentleman who may or may not actually be the Godfather from the Godfather movies, I think. And it's um, and now I can't think of the actor Marlon the Brando. Uh, Marlon Brando, thank you. <laughs> and he, he is he's in Superman's Marlon Brando and Superman Returns is Marlon Brando. Uh, Guys and Dolls, Marlon Brando. Um, yeah, he so he's playing the Godfather role in this movie, and I guess I think it's supposed to be like this is actually him, but I I can't remember if that's true or not. Well, and you saw it, so I don't mean to challenge that. But... I saw it. I saw it during this heyday of me going to see a bunch of movies with my friends uh, in my high school years. Yeah, this would have been the summer of 1990, so you would have been coming out of ninth grade. I saw movies that I probably wouldn't have gone to see, mm-hmm. uh, except that that's just what we did. And that happened to be the movie that was starting when we got to the movie theater. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's, that's what we did. I saw Presumed Innocent that way too. I saw Presumed uh, Innocent by choice. but uh, the, the, the I saw it by choice too, but I, w- I wish I hadn't. Yeah, that's how I saw career opportunities. But but this the freshman I think it's not it's 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 I think it's a good starting point now that we're however many minutes ten minutes into this episode <laughs> to start with the freshman because I do remember this coming out and it, like you're saying it was at an age I think you were saying it's an age you went to the movies it was an age where I was aware of movies and I think you know I was aware of highbrow lowbrow you know intellectual versus dumb like I liked stuff like The Naked Gun I liked stuff you know like Pratt Falls and things but I was finding smarter comedies stuff like Annie Hall when Harry met Sally you know things that we always mention on the show so I a commercial like The Freshman I remember seeing it on TV and the the gist that I got was Matthew Broderick has I think it's a Komodo dragon he has to somehow transport this Komodo dragon for this big mafia mob boss that Matthew Broderick's character in the movie keeps commenting, he looks a lot like the guy. Doesn't he look just like the guy short of saying from The Godfather? But he's aware. I think in the movie's universe, my impression was The Godfather existed and this guy looked just like him and Matthew Broderick couldn't grasp that he looks so much like him. And that was maybe the joke of it. So it was like this meta joke. You have the actor right there. You have him doing a lot of the motions. Again, this is from the trailers. Motions and dialogue from the movie. But it's a movie that for whatever the movie was about, and you saw it, it sounded like you were just saying it, I, I, I thought it was predicated on the concept of what if a mob boss looked just like the Godfather, <laughs> which isn't funny, but at the time seemed like, oh, okay, I get what they're doing there. They're taking this classic movie, they're building a movie around it, and isn't it so funny that he keeps saying, doesn't he look like, doesn't he look like, and it's the actor. Yeah. So for that all to work, you have to have knowledge of what the Godfather is. But I think that's all you need. Again, I haven't seen The Freshman, but I remember wanting to. I remember thinking that's a smart movie. That's an intellectual movie. I got to see that because that does look funny. Because they're going to stick it to The Godfather, I guess. But no, <laughs> that was one of the things I was thinking about too because it's not – I don't know if they're parodying scenes, but it's the fucking actor. And you have – for that movie yeah. to work, you have to know Marlon Brando played The Godfather. And, but that's all you have to know, I assume – yeah, I would assume too, and I, I just you know feel bad that I, I've seen the movie, but I have no <laughs> recollection of the plot, um, or yeah, it, it, it I, I can't tell you if all you need to know is that he played the Godfather, or if it makes more sense and is more meta if you know the Godfather, and I wouldn't be able to tell you that either. Uh, anyway, since I haven't seen The Godfather. I haven't either, but I remember this advertising campaign and it really worked on me. I mean, I think at age 14, not getting it, I thought that's probably a funny idea, but it's a smart comedy. I mean, first time I was yeah. exposed to The Godfather um, was on Saturday Night Live. In like the early and mid 80s, they would rerun the original five seasons of Saturday Night Live in these half hour packages like at 730 at night. My brother and I used to watch this a lot, and, and there were videotapes that also collected them that were like the best of Dan Aykroyd, the best of Gilda Radner, and there was this one VHS right. tape called The Best of John Belushi that we used to rent every other week for some reason from this little video store in the town next to us, eventually to the point that I think it went on sale. Like They would sometimes sell their old videos that weren't renting anymore, and I scooped it up and bought that. I was so happy to have that. I'm like, I have a Saturday Night Live, whatever. I was thrilled by it. There, there's a sketch on on that of John Belushi playing playing uh, whatever the Godfather's name is, the Marlon Brando character's name, <laughs> Steve. Steve Father, 
and he has an orange peel in his mouth and he's kind of lumbering around going (laughs) funny and then I think he chokes and dies on the orange peel. (laughs) I would see this and I thought it was funny because John Belushi is this physical tornado and he's got an orange in his peel in his mouth. He's like a gorilla or something, this little kid and he's rolling around and he chokes and he dies. I would watch this tape with my dad and my dad would be laughing at the sketch as well. I would be laughing at the sketch because it's funny and we must have watched it a few times. I think he asked me, do you know why that's funny? <laughs> I said, sure. I got an orange peel in his mouth. But he's like, no, that he's, he's making, he's parodying The Godfather. It's, it's, it's a parody of this movie, The Godfather. And that's all he said. But somewhere in my head, I'm like, oh, that's smart. That must be clever. That must be something. So he's this big lumbering guy with an orange peel in his mouth. I don't know. I guess in the movie, here's a spoiler alert for The Godfather, having not seen it. I guess that's how his character dies. I think he's playing with with a with a like a niece or a nephew, and he chokes somehow. I think it's supposed to be sad and tragic, but they made this funny joke of it in his mouth. That's what I knew. I know John Belushi with his you know exorbitant eyebrows and everything doing that. So if I ever see this fucking death scene of Marlon Brando that's supposed to move you to tears when this massive killing <laughs> man dies trying to entertain a child. All I'm going to think of is that damn orange peel in John Belushi's mouth. It's not going to work. Yeah. Similar to the, the fucking horse head, which I think is one of the biggest things that come out of this movie that's been parodied. I found a, a, a YouTube montage of horse head jokes in kids' cartoons. I mean, I probably first saw there's a Simpsons episode in the first season called The Telltale Head where um, Bart yeah. wants to impress some early versions of like Jimbo and Kearney, the, 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 the thug kids from the school. And so they, yeah, the, the bullies. bullies, thank you. And they convince them to, to, to vandalize the <laughs> Jebedi Springfield statue. I think by chopping the head off maybe of the statue. Yeah. He saws, he, he ends up sawing it. Right. Off. Yeah. And he takes it home, I guess, cause he wakes up with it in his bed You know, he rolls over and it's there. And it's supposed to be this parody of, of, uh, of the horse head scene. And then, you know, I've seen, you know, there's other cartoons that do it. There's movies that do it with a stuffed animal, a stuffed bear. There's dumb sitcoms called yes, dear. And other things that do it as well. It's been done to death. And if I ever see this scene where someone wakes up with this horse head, yeah, it's going to be pretty funny. <laughs> there's no shock value to it. There's no, <gasps> the poor horse. I don't even think I'll feel my normal pangs of, of, of sadness for a dead animal. I think it'll just be funny because it's been done as a joke. Right. And my understanding is that was a shocking scene when people saw it for the first time, but it's been diluted, it's been repeated, and you know to expect it. So it's kind of like, I don't see how that could have the impact that the the story and the movie should have. And that might be why, you know, we're talking about why we haven't sought it out. My dad has tried to show me this movie a couple times, you know, within the last 20 years, because he, he had it on videotape, two, two cassette tapes to contain the whole movie. And we would sit down and we would watch it. And honestly, the beginning is interesting. There's this wedding scene. People are coming in to ask the Godfather favors. And it seemed intriguing to me, but we would always watch it at night. And I would always be tired. I would close my eyes and I would just sleep through the Godfather. It's not like video stores have never existed. And it's not like I can't track it down in a library. There's no high demand for it that I can't find a copy of this. But I've never gone to pursue it because I don't have the drive to see it because all the key scenes are kind of jokes to me now or known at least. Sure. And you'd have to watch it at, uh, you know, seven in the morning to make it through. So yes. Got, maybe, maybe while standing. Yeah, a, a day but, but I mean, this is like a, this is a, a greatest hit film. This is what people say cinema in the seventies was. And I think if you and I, I think if you and I were, I mean, we we're movie fans mm-hmm. for sure. I think if we were film students and if it was something that uh, you know our our careers were based on i think it would be something we'd seek out but not on the level of let's enjoy this movie but more as like a mm-hmm. study you know it'd still be it'd still be viewed on a different level than just uh entertainment you think it would be if we had that i think because we don't have a, a different drive since we're just viewing something for entertainment we're put off by it at this point i don't, I don't know if i understand that though because i mean it is entertainment when the godfather hit it was entertainment and i guess for me i'm saying like if i had a, a, a different reason to watch the godfather maybe because i i was studying filmmaking or um i had to take a godfather quiz 
to get my kids into a, a good college or something. But if I'm just sitting down because, hey, I want to be entertained tonight. I want to watch a good movie. If that was one of the choices, I'd pass it by because, again, it's I feel like it wouldn't be as impactful as maybe it had been if I'd watched it earlier in my life where I wasn't exposed to it as as this uh, uh, pop culture phenomenon and as as you're pointing out, uh, comically and all these other variants. So if something's a phenomenon, if something's big, if something's huge in our lifetime and we somehow missed it, that's something you don't go back to? Um, I find that perhaps it might be harder to go back to. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I asked um, that as a question. I totally know the answer. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I have too much spite over people in groups who like something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why you do it? That's why I didn't see this next movie. There's, I mean, you know, you're talking about going to something for entertainment. And, and you know, I think big, big blockbusters, big time films, big screen, you know, summer movies have always entertained me. And a lot of people would say the godfather of summer movies, um, to segue out of that segment or to say, you know, the, the movie that kicked off this idea of a summer blockbuster was 1975's Get the Fuck Out of the Water snuff film, <laughs> Jaws. Have, yeah. have, have you seen Jaws? Have you seen this Jaws? I have seen Jaws. And I saw Jaws when I was younger, much younger. Oh. Probably before I should have seen Jaws. You saw it as a kid. Yeah, I was a kid when I saw Jaws. I, I mean, I was too scared as a kid, you know, I, I, I think, to see it. I knew it existed. I'll tell you why I knew it fucking existed. It was because of that music. You know, sure. you had the 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 dunna, dunna of something coming back and forth, and, and you know that was used in the film, I guess, very well. I knew it because it was used in Airplane Two, you know, and it was used, <laughs> I think, on Saturday, no, more Saturday Night Live sketches with that sand shark knocking at the door. You know, there was jokes at the expense of Jaws, you know, and there was jokes at the expense of the shark itself. That sand shark in Saturday Night Live was this kind of funny looking mask that came in and ate people. You know, I yeah. go jump ahead 14 years to Back to the Future Part 2, and we get this 3D Jaws in the future. And, you know, the whole joke of that is that the shark still looks fake. I mean, I knew these setups to it. That's how I heard about Jaws because, honestly, everyone around me had seen Jaws. I was scared to see it. It wasn't on TV a lot, so it's not like I flipped past it. So I don't know where everyone else was seeing it. But I just did not see it. And then it kind of mellowed down in my head to the point that when I got to college, surrounded by we're going to say film scholars, but surrounded by Spielberg fans, you yeah. know, surrounded by people who loved the movies of the eighties that we all grew up with the star Wars films, the Indiana Jones films, close encounters, the Goonies, all of these things, labyrinth. I could just list names and movies liking a lot of those same movies. Having not seen jaws, Steven Spielberg's first real cinematic hit, people couldn't get over the concept that I hadn't seen it. You know, that people couldn't believe you've never seen Jaws. That was the thing like we've we've already discussed probably where it's like, you haven't seen this movie Jaws? How can you not have seen Jaws? That, yeah, this one is the one that became sort of a badge. This is the one where it's kind of like, and I'm not going to see it. You know, just I, I would have seen it on my own will, but now I'm never going to see it because everybody was shocked. I couldn't <laughs> see this film. Now, you said you were too young when you saw it. How did you get to it, though? How did you achieve seeing it? And did you know I what it was? Feel, um, I didn't know it as as this big Steven Spielberg. I didn't know who Steven Spielberg was when I saw the movie. No. You know, how old know. were you or how young were you? I don't know. I think we've mentioned my uh, my not-so-great babysitter. Yes, I was wondering if that was going to um, come up. Yeah. Um, sh- so my not-so-great babysitter, who I probably was only babysat by uh, for like a, a year and a half, like a summer and maybe part of a school year. I can't quite remember. Maybe it was two summers in a row. Um, she had cable. She had HBO. She had Cinemax. She also babysat a lot of kids and and I was kind of the older one. So I was sort of left to do my own thing. And my own thing often was watching HBO because I didn't have it in my own house. And so that is probably where I came to it. Um, although I think I might have come to it before that because there were times where I'd watched it later and things were more graphic than I remember them being. So maybe I had seen it, you know, uh, cut for content on on an ABC movie night or something. Um, but but yeah, it's probably a combination of those two places. But as a kid who has access to HBO, at your you said HBO is at the right channel. 
yeah. at your babysitter's house. What was the draw of watching this particular movie? Why would you sit and watch what at that time was probably a six-year-old movie, Jaws? Um, now that you're now that we're mentioning it, I probably saw Jaws two first, <laughs> which is probably what. How did you follow it? Led me to Jaws. Because uh, I remember uh, the boat scene first. Yeah, I remember when I first saw Jaws 2. And you haven't seen Jaws 2, I would imagine. No, but I've seen the poster to Jaws. So I assume if it's like the poster to I, Jaws. I would really love for you to have seen Jaws 2, Jaws 3D, and Jaws the Revenge, but not Jaws. Of the Jaws saga, I think the, I've seen the most of Jaws the Revenge. Like that's the one. One, I remember that one coming out, but more so... That's with Michael Caine. It's with Mario Van Peebles. That's one where I think where the shark, I believe, follows a plane. Not in another plane, but it might as well have been in a cab or something. But I think it swims. But that's <laughs> for some reason that Jaws of Revenge I was aware of because I remember it coming out. And I've, I've, I've gone to that one on TV a few times and watched scenes of it. Also, though, Jaws of Revenge I was aware of as being a bad movie when it came out. Yeah. I was aware of it kind of being a joke. And before that, I mean, I think before Jaws in 3D, um, National Lampoon, uh, the, the National Lampoon comedy magazine, was was working on a sequel called, I think, Jaws 3 People Nothing. And it was supposed to be a parody of the Jaws movies, but part of the Jaws franchise. And I don't know how I was aware of that as a kid, but I somehow knew that was something they had worked on and that was a joke. So I must have been reading about Jaws. Definitely was part of the conversation. I get that it was Spielberg's film. But I never, I knew Jaws, I guess, as the movie everyone talked about. But then, yeah, I just knew it as this movie that's fake. Because Jaws of Revenge was so loathed and hated and mocked and made fun of. And because the jokes I often hear about Jaws, like in Back to the Future Part 2, is the shark looks fake. I didn't have the pull to go into this thing. Because it just, it sounded like, okay, that's a rickety movie. That's a shoddy movie. That's a joke of a movie. You know, just kind of poisoned by later entries in it. I mean, do 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 you are there movies that have maybe you've you've steered clear of because you know the fallout of them? You're a little older when say um, Highlander three or Robocop three or Mask three comes out, the Eric Stoltz mask. And you're saying I wouldn't go back and watch the original mask because the third one was so poor. Yeah. Um no, I don't think so. I mean um, a fine example for me is the Matrix. Um, I'll watch the Matrix, the original Matrix, if it's on. I'll, you I'll you stop had and seen watch it. it. You had already. We we saw. We both saw the Matrix when it came out. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. something like. Is there, you know, like because a lot of times as a kid, you're gonna like if something like a James Bond. I didn't know what Doctor No. If that's the first one, I I think the first James Bond I was aware of, like really aware of, was probably Never Say Never Again because I remember the commercials for it. But the first one I saw on TV was probably For Your Eyes Only some night on a rerun. So that's my introduction to James Bond. And I, I'm just wondering, is there something where you come in later into the game and because of how it's viewed, because of how people talk about it, you don't go back and ever see the original because it's been soiled or tainted or somehow, you know, like squeezed um, out. No, I I can't think of an example. I mean squeezed out, by the way. I don't know why I phrased that. So, <laughs> so if somebody had squeezed out, you know, the later seasons of one day at a time, would you have watched the first six seasons of the ten season one day at a time? I'm not one to see a sequel if I hadn't seen the previous But were you movie. that choosy as a kid? Um, like did you have the ability like because I'm thinking now like as a kid I saw stuff out of order all the time. I didn't care. It was on TV. Yeah I guess that's true. That's true. You're right. I guess I got to go back. And in fact, Jaws 2 was that yeah. way. I, I had seen Jaws 2 first. I didn't think Jaws 2 was a bad movie. I thought it was, uh, you know, uh, tense and frightening and had a, a shark in it and action. And Oh, the shark's in Jaws 2. Is it his mother in the first one? Is that the twist? I don't I don't think they uh link the sharks. Uh, Jaws, uh, in Jaws I think too. it's supposed to be one of the sharks that was related to Jaws in the first Jaws. Yeah, that's the revenge that's what they th- think. I think so. But I feel like we've lost <laughs> focus a little bit. Well, we're talking about movies. I guess I I was curious with the angle maybe of just, you know, when we get into things as a kid and we're not aware of the bigger picture, it's it, sometimes it's more easier to accept it. And I was thinking like, you know, if I as a child, I guess if 
a sequel was on TV, I'd watch it without fearing I got to see the first one. But now I would never do that. I must, I, you know, I don't start many shows a few seasons in without backtracking. But, but you're right. We've lost track a little bit. Been talking movies. Is there? I'm. I'm. I. You had said you might have something outside of the movie genre that might somehow make sense of this topic. That honestly, I'm now having trouble with. <laughs> well, I was. I was thinking. You know, about artists um, that are so huge that maybe you just don't bother trying to get into them, like musical artists. Yeah, like musical artists, and and the the few that came to mind. Uh, were artists like David Bowie, Bob Dylan, Michael Jackson. Uh, and for me, uh, oh, no, no, no. I was going to say for me, I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy listening to those. For me, there's one that I kind of don't try to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I dislike them necessarily. I, I like their music, but I'm not backtracking and making sure I get all their albums. And for me, that's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I don't. He's a god to so many people. He is a god to so many people. And uh, I believe the man is immensely talented. You know, Born to Run is a phenomenal song, but is it? I don't. I think so. Is it? But I. You know what he does in that song? He counts, but the song's already going. But he counts, and I'm pretty sure if you add a couple of jingle bells, that's a Christmas carol. <laughs> Do you like Born to Run? I I enjoyed. Born to Run. I think in the right song, he does count in, in towards the end, right? Like the band plays for a while and he goes, one, two, three, and then he just sings the whole thing again, but with more passion, uh, and more genes. That's possible. I, I don't know. I guess I don't know it well enough to, to be able to tell you for sure. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen Her- is a great example because I'm not a fan of Bruce Springsteen. Okay. But you see, you're not a fan because you don't think he's good? talented he is talented he's very talented and he seems like a great man and they seem like a great band and you're right people do love him but what 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 you you know some of his songs did you know his songs growing up were you aware of bruce springsteen growing up i became aware of bruce springsteen with the born in the usa album and everything what a thing crap use that song the world has made from what i understand a misunderstanding of it but i hate that song yeah have you gone back to it since you've gotten an understanding of what it's about no, and I think I probably used to like it, by the way, too. I'm just trying to get my anti-America political stance going just because I think I'm monitored now through my internet. Um, I No, I, I've heard that, yeah, it's it's not the rah-rah song that the Reagans right. were using it for. But no, so Bruce Springsteen, he, yeah, that you were kind of – when was that the first song you were kind of aware of him? Yeah, I became with? aware of that. Uh, Tunnel of Love might have been another uh. album. Uh, That's but, a bad song. But I didn't realize like he had a tunnel. Is that the right song? Am I doing a really <laughs> spot on impression? Or is it just like maybe I had a seizure? I had no idea that he had uh, a, an existence prior to those albums. Um, yeah, uh, until well, when we were later. kids. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I didn't either. And you know, Do you have a Bruce Springsteen album? I don't. I don't own any Bruce Springsteen. God, no. Neither do I. I have to say, I mean, I like the song that they use in Jerry Maguire. I like that song. <laughs> I like that. Um, what's that one? Hey, little bit of bit of What's that song called? I don't remember the title of that one. Something about fire, maybe. What's that one called? People cover it. I can't think of what it is. Um, Heather Nova covers it on a live album. That's mainly why I knew it. Okay. Do you know the song I'm talking about? You just said no, I but do. I'm going to ask you again. I know again. the song you're talking about. And what it, is it called? It's, it's something. It take a moment to not hear you singing. Okay. So you want me not to sing it for a minute? I don't think of what the title is. What if I put um, the, the album on? Here, this is Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Hey, little baby, when you had it, No, I don't. Yeah, I think fire is in the title somewhere. Yeah, I think you're on. You're on the right. I'm on fire. Maybe I'm on fire. Maybe that's probably it. Light my fire. That could be it. That that sounds like it would be a good title for something. For something. I bet that'd be a quick song, though. I bet that'd be a song that you're like, oh, you blink and you miss it. Not that your ears blink, but it's like, oh, that was a that you know that song could have used a that song could have used maybe a different instrument. (laughs) It sure had a lot of had a lot of keyboard in that song. You know what? Why don't we talk to them? (laughs) There's someone I don't. I mean, I know them. I know the Doors, and I guess I like them. You know, that's yeah. We can't really go down that route because they had some of their albums, but. 
why did you think of Bruce Springsteen? Like he's on your mind, right? He is somehow ingrained. Yeah, because he's just he's he's um, an institution. Uh, you know, but when with it comes him, to- he is an institution. You're right, and 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 I admired, and for a lot of reasons, I know him more now as someone who speaks well of working class people, who speaks out against corporate um, politicians. I mean, I know him for some vantage points of viewpoints that I admire. He seems very dedicated. Um, he dedicated a song to my brother once. That was very sweet at a concert. So I mean, he seems like a good guy. But we knew his songs in the '80s. Do you like what you hear? Do you like old Bruce Springsteen if you happen to catch it? Because this is something interesting with musicians. It's hard to catch the gist of a movie if it's playing somewhere. You know, like if a movie's on in the background, you're not paying attention to it, you're not going to get it. But musicians, like this example, you're still going to hear Bruce Springsteen. You may not go back and get all the albums, but you hear it. So do you, do you like him? Are you a fan? I I guess of I the was songs that you hear. I, I I'm not I'm not a fan per se. Um, I like a couple of the songs. I don't mind Boy to Run. Um, I like that. That's not a good impression. Of I like anything. Santa Claus is coming to town. I don't get tired oh, of that. Oh, God. <laughs> he does do that. And he counts in that one probably too. He counts in all the songs. I mean, that's that's how music yeah. works. It's, um, well, it's, is that, it's how a metronome works. And he could easily, <laughs> maybe not the first four albums, but by now he can afford a metronome. But, uh, He's not fooling anyone by counting. No, but that I – so like as a kid the music i you know we just talked music uh two episodes ago by the time this one goes up but thinking back to a kid and i think i'm right on this we both experienced music through the radio yeah so to have someone on the radio like bruce springsteen you're aware of him so is it later in life that people were really praising and gushing about bruce springsteen to you yeah yeah that's when i'm learning that uh he has has these phenomenal albums from the 70s um, and that he is, you know, just this great rocker, uh, a true rocker, a true American. I don't know if they'd say that, but but do you feel like I guess with this one, and this might help me understand it because I think it's similar to movies, but I'm approaching it differently. You're saying you don't like him. There's so many musicians in the world, or you don't own his. What are you saying? I'm putting a word in your mouth there. Well, I'm saying, I mean, it's similar to you know uh, something like The Godfather, which is again just this entity that exists above all other films. Uh, he, in a way, Bruce Springsteen is a musician who exists above all other musicians, uh, to some, um, and uh, maybe because of that, and because of that popularity, and because of what other people say, I'm less inclined to seek out anything beyond what is, as you stated, just kind of presented on the radio. But why? And I, and I'm by the way, I'm with you on this. I'm not challenging what you're saying. I'm trying to figure something out, like. Someone no. else who's who's heralded as important to music is Elvis Presley. I've uh-huh. never felt a tinge about trying to get an Elvis Presley album, pursuing Elvis. I don't yeah. like Elvis. I don't get Elvis, but it I, I doesn't bother me. I don't think about it. It's not like I just don't care for it. It doesn't click with me. And I've seen Elvis on TV or footage of him, whatever. But with Bruce Springsteen, there is this question of or the statement of, yeah, I don't like him. It, like, it feels different. Like and, and maybe I am twisting your words here, but it sounds like you almost feel like there's a question of, well, why don't I like Bruce Springsteen? Why? What? What? Why? Because he's the one you went to. He's the example. Yeah. Well, I think because it's it's sort of like The Godfather. I think if I were to sit down and, and listen to a Bruce Springsteen album, or sit down and actually watch The Godfather, I would find that I enjoy it. So you think you would? I probably would. But we're denying ourselves this enjoyment then just to maintain yeah. something, a, a distance from it? I think it's it's not necessarily that I'm trying to maintain a distance. I think it's just, for me, it would be uh, an effort I don't want to put in. Well, that makes sense. I, I was going to say, at the end of the day, The Godfather, it's a matter of time. I don't have time. You know, I've never yeah. made the time to watch that movie. But Jaws, it is definitely just that, well, I'm never going to see that kind of thing. Yeah. But- I guess the other side of it, and music is a little more flexible with this. So let's focus on this. It's interesting because I think we're both thinking, yeah, we're not into Bruce Springsteen. It's very easy to listen to a Bruce Springsteen song. In fact, we both do it. Want to do it again? Hey, a little bit. <laughs> no, no, but no, we both do it. So it's kind of like, why do I'll we feel we're out. supposed to, why are we supposed to do more? We're experiencing the music anyways. What is it at the end of the day that we're thinking this where other people have ruined this for us? 
I mean, that's where we started with this is pop culture that ruins other pop culture was the original start of this episode. But what it's kind of funneled into is I feel like fans of pop culture are ruining ruining this pop culture for us. But I think at the end of it, what was that? I'm saying, yeah, it looks like that's the way it's come. But no one is coming at me saying, you've got to listen to Bruce Springsteen. They're saying, I enjoy listening to Bruce Springsteen. I mean, do you have people saying, how do you not like Bruce Springsteen? Or are you asking yourself that question? I guess I'm asking myself that question because, no, I don't have anyone directly uh, posing that question to me. But I do have the the world at large, pop culture at large, um, decreeing, decrying that uh, he is uh, an artist to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know. And these are – the, but, but, but to know – more to 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 own the albums or to hear the albums i haven't heard a full uh i don't even think i've heard uh born in the usa completely and and i think that was owned by my brother wow he Um, must be rich because a lot of people bought that album i don't follow so somebody owns the album they would get a lot of royalties off of the uh, oh i see off the album but Here's the thing. Do you think the world that worships Bruce Springsteen, yeah, he's got his fans and he got the people with the albums, but a lot of those people know the same songs we know. They know his radio hits. They know his appearance on TV. We're not, nothing's being hidden from us. There's deep tracks. There's non, uh, non-radio non hits that we're not hearing. And we don't have the physical item of the album. But I do, and again, totally agreeing with you on this because Bruce Springsteen, I think, is, is a good example of this. But what, what at the end of the day, what is the difference between me and most of the world that also experiences Bruce Springsteen through the radio? I mean, uh, Born in the USA came out at the time where I wasn't buying albums, so I don't have it, you know. And does having the album does that have to be the measurement of being a fan? Because there's, pl- you know, I've since gone and bought a lot of my music. I don't have a lot. I don't have any Police albums. I like the Police. I don't feel like I have to have their albums. I've had them in the past, I guess, but like I don't feel like I'm missing out because I don't have the complete body of work of the police. I guess I have that box set, so the way I do. But you know, it's not on display. Why is Bruce Springsteen, who we all know, because you can't not. This is the thing: you can't not know Bruce Springsteen. It's impossible, right? Yeah. So what is? Why are we feeling like we're missing something? What is it that we're not, is it we don't own it? Is it that we feel the need to be deeply versed in an artist's every piece and every whim and every track? I mean, what, at the end of the day, what is it that we feel is ruined about this guy that we know we could right now list five, six songs? That's five or six songs. That's a lot of songs. Well, we can know. also... We could also list, and I think you did. You did, I think, list five or six moments and scenes from The Godfather, but that we're aware but of. I'm aware of those moments as parodies and as jokes. And I've seen. I think you have done a pretty good job of parodying Bruce Springsteen. Homage. Done tonight. A pretty good homage of Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've seen other parodies, uh, you know, on sketch shows and whatnot. But at the end um, of the day. And maybe this is maybe this is what it is. It's people versus the art. Maybe this conversation takes a, a either a dive bomb or a twist. You know, The Godfather is a single piece of work. Or Jaws. Let's say Jaws for a minute because I get why I haven't seen Jaws. It's a choice. I love Steven Spielberg's movies. You know, Close Encounters, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Here, let me just read a list of his movies. No, I love a lot of his movies. So the question would almost be, well, how have you not seen Jaws then? That's his first movie. But in reality, I don't have to see everything he does, nor have I. And is it some sort of a pissing contest or or action figure on your shelf display to be like, I've seen everything Spielberg has done? I don't know if Jaws is his greatest movie. I think Close Encounters is, and I've seen that multiple times, and I love it. So I love Spielberg. Like, Do we have to know an entire person's body of work? Is that how you prove that? And why do we need to prove anything? So when I guess in that sense, you know, if the conversation is about Spielberg, I can still talk about Spielberg. If it's about Jaws, I can talk less. Conversation about mm. Bruce Springsteen. You and I can talk Bruce Springsteen. We know his songs. 
we maybe can't talk about the album Born in the USA because I don't know what's on that. I think Born in the USA, but we can still talk about him. And again, this is the thing. Like, I think I'm, I have the same feeling you have about him, but now I don't get it. So I'm like, why are we creating that feeling in the first place? Why are we, are we just that desperate for a topic of an episode? No, because these are feelings we've had, but are we, is there something inherently in us that we, that we are afraid to attach to Bruce Springsteen or to the fans of Bruce Springsteen? Cause like you like, you like, um, trying to think of like a a smaller band. You like the Beatles, right? I like the Beatles. You like Neutral Milk Hotel, right? I do. A lot of people like Neutral Milk Hotel. I mean, these, you know, it's like you can, (laughs) we're comfortable being parts of these groups and identifying because we like it. Bruce Springsteen, I could put on a couple of Bruce Springsteen songs and enjoy them. And yet, like you, I'm saying, I'm not a fan. Why do we have to declare that we're not a fan of something? When we are, first of all, and two, who cares? There's plenty of things we're not a fan of. One, could we never experience it? Or two, because it doesn't talk to us. We don't own jean jackets. So we're never going to get the full body of Bruce Springsteen's work. But why do we have to point? Why does that stick out for us? I I think maybe you and I both have, um, consciously or not, a – a bit of a chip on our shoulder in that we don't want to be told <clears throat> what we should be a fan of and what, what we should like, <clears throat> excuse me, and what we should see. You don't think the world I thinks mean, we should like the Beatles? I think if you come across it and come to it on your own time in your own way and you like them, that's fine. I think if you had come eventually to see Jaws, that you might be a fan mm-hmm. of it. But because you hadn't seen it yet, and then you had the world and the people around you saying, that's insane. You should see it. Yeah. How, how have you not seen it? Uh, and I I think that's maybe the same thing that I got from Bruce Springsteen over the years as I became more into music. Um, people saying, Bruce Springsteen, he's you know awesome. He's the best. He's great. Uh, and so a little bit of me, uh, and I think maybe a little bit of you for, for Jaws as the example, are just like, well, you know what? You're telling me to do that. I'm not necessarily – I don't like doing what I'm told to do, so I'm not going to bother with that right now. I'm going to get into something else. And had I come to Bruce Springsteen on my own, maybe I would be a huge, huge fan. And had you come to Jaws on your own, you, you might, might think it's the better movie. Um, and maybe that's a part of it. Maybe there's just this – and again, maybe it's subconscious, except now we're talking about it. So maybe it's something we'll have to think about uh, more. But maybe there's this thing where – and I think we've talked about it a bit before too. It's like we prefer coming to things on our own. We often prefer to keep it ourselves. Like we'll we'll let it, uh, we'll enjoy it, and we'll maybe share some things here and there with other people. But we don't necessarily want everyone to know how what we're listening to or something like that. Um, and maybe that's what's going on. At the end of the day, how I first heard Bruce Springsteen is probably even more underground than how I first heard the Beatles because the Beatles had a whole generation was everywhere. You know, how I could have come to Jaws or The Godfather, you know, how did I come to Star Wars? It was there. My parents bought me a Play-Doh set and a toy X-Wing fighter and then suddenly I loved it. It was given to me. I didn't stumble upon Star Wars. But you didn't have... You didn't have your your dad hovering over you. He's not a ghost. talking to you... Uh, about how great these toys are because they're based on such a great movie and and you've really got to see this movie. I can't believe I can't believe you're three and you haven't seen this movie yet. Yeah, and no, well, he yeah. How, why would he not believe that? He was my only ride. So if I hadn't seen Star Wars <laughs> at three, that's why. But here's the thing: I had an older brother who did do that with comic books. I had an older brother who did do that with some music. I had an older brother who did that with movies, but mainly with comic books. And I don't know if there's anything more important in my life, maybe cartoons, than comic books. So I wasn't turned off of that. There was He was a gatekeeper. We've talked about this before. Maybe we've done, maybe 51 is our maximum episode. Maybe we've talked about everything. There are <laughs> gatekeepers to things that get us to things. And sometimes those gatekeepers yeah. are mentors and heroes and what they're gifting us, granting us, showing us is theirs and we get into it. And from that, we find other things. But then other times- But those gatekeepers, 
those gatekeepers are your, your your brother or your best friend or a good friend or maybe uh, someone you know who you respect. All of my friends like Radiohead. I hate Radiohead except for the Bends. So I don't I don't know. Radiohead Well, I'm just saying like you you uh, in college those people telling you that they are shocked that you haven't seen Jaws. These are new people to you. You haven't established anything with them yet. And so you've got these, these strangers, quote unquote, telling you how to think. Um, I've got music magazines and, and, and music blogs and best of lists from, from people I don't know telling me which, which albums are the the best ones that I should listen to. Um, And sometimes I take from that what I want, but if I keep seeing the same Bruce Springsteen thing, uh, maybe I get turned off by that, and and maybe if if some stranger is coming up to you and telling you what to do, I think it's different when it's your brother. When it's your brother who you respect, who you've lived with, who you've played games with, um, he's opening up a world that that it's like, wow, I respect him. If if this is something he likes, then maybe I want to give it a shot. And so yeah, you don't get turned off. I think it might depend on on where it's coming from, who's giving you, who's who's holding that gate open. I can get that. I mean, honestly, my brother also big Bruce Springsteen fan. But um, and I think he's seen Jaws. I get what you're saying. I guess what I'm struggling with, what I'm trying to figure out, and what what is why why you know you're saying maybe it's subconscious, or we're talking about it. Why does this conversation exist? Why is it so important to distance ourselves from this pop culture, which is what we're doing by opting by making the statement, "Well, I'll never see Jaws." I'm distancing myself, distancing, excuse me, myself from the work. It's not just that I haven't seen it. It's not just that, you know, maybe I'll make some time. And it's not even just like, I don't really want to see it. It's just, I'm not going to. I'm creating a divide, a chasm, a chasm, whatever the word is. And I don't know, I've lost track of where that comes from. Because the people who were saying, you've never seen Jaws, have stopped saying it. You know, I've known them longer than Jaws existed the first time they said that. You know, the people were like, oh, Twin Peaks, how did you never watch Twin Peaks? Got tired of telling me that. My friend Nate got tired of telling me you should really watch Twin Peaks. So it's a joke, but it's done. <laughs> like nobody cares anymore. Except for me, because I didn't, and this might be why. And maybe this is where it wraps up, or maybe maybe we go on to the rest of our list. No, maybe this is where it wraps up. The period <laughs> of my life where I was really finding my own, not finding the art, but finding the art that made me who I was. The period of my life where I made sure the spines of my CDs showed the replacements, showed uh, Mary Lou Lord, showed, uh, I'm blanking on the bands that were important, but you know, the time of my life that did that, the time of my life that made sure, well, when they walk by, they're going to see the Tank Girl poster outside in the hallway. The, the part of me that did that in life was the time when I developed the I don't like Jaws mentality and spoke it, you know, or developed the well, I'll never see the Godfather mentality and spoke it. So it was a period, this rebellious, isolationist period that I get of my 20s. That, you know, that was the time the people in college were challenging, how have you not seen this? So 20 years on from that, because now I'm 42. The inability or the choice not to let go of that because it's still there has nothing to do with the movie anymore. It has everything to do with that 21-year-old or 22-year-old and not wanting to fully let go of youth. You know, Not wanting to let go of the time when it mattered that I had a snotty opinion. Not wanting to no longer find value in this contrarying attitude of I will never see Jaws or Bruce Springsteen's too much Levi material to handle. And I guess that's odd now. And that's the constant struggle for me with pop culture is how much of this is still important and how much of it is just can't let go of this period, which in this case of this episode's topic was a period in my life where it was so important not to like the mainstream even though I like the Beatles and I got to, you know, I don't, why, when am I going to get past that? Or am I? Because that's, 
that's a problem because at the end of the day, there's probably nothing wrong with owning a Bruce Springsteen album or sitting down for the hour or whatever and watching Jaws or watching the fucking Godfather, <laughs> which is considered a classic. I think they grow the fuck up. It's hard to let go. Yeah, but I think that sums it up. I think I think you're right. Hmm. That's a uh, It's it's ingrained and it's who you were and that's something we maybe we miss. We miss being that. It's probably true. And it's weird. I mean, it's not weird, but yeah. I mean, these things are movies first and they become our culture, our pop culture with how we not interact with them, but identify with them. True. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the end game of that is. Cause I don't, I don't see that as still working anymore, but I haven't, um, I haven't found exactly the way, like I'm a, I can be self-aware of it and treat it like a joke and have these senses and conversation we're having now. But I think there is something deeper, which is exactly what you just said it was. And I don't know when that'll happen. Maybe if I did a weekly hour long podcast about the pop culture of the eighties and nineties, I would find a way to talk about it. That's a good idea. You should put that together. So there you have something from two years ago, um, Bob and I discussing um, how pop culture can be varied from each person's perception. I don't know what that part of the sentence means, but uh, thanks for listening to it. Again, like I was saying, it was an important episode for me. It kind of solidified that the year of effort we had put into that first year of the show was worth it. That kind of validated it. So it was kind of kind of interesting to hear it again, maybe. Um, but if you don't want to hear just old stuff, if you've already heard it, you want something new, come back next week. Come back next week and um, we'll have a new episode. We post a new episode every other week. Um, Where can you find this episode? How can you get this episode? Well, if you're subscribed to it, that's great. But if not, you can visit 20popcast.com. That's the main website of the show. It always has the most recent episode up there uh, for for streaming, as well as links to all of our old uh, episodes, past episodes. You can hear those too. It also has links to how to subscribe to the show. So if you aren't already a subscriber, I would um, suggest, advise, uh, plead with you to uh, to subscribe. Subscribe to us on, on whatever the means, whatever device it is you get your podcasts through, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever it is. Um, hopefully we're on there. If not, drop us a line also at 20podcast.com and, 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 and let us know. We'll try to, try to get the show up on, on that platform as well. Um, you can always follow us on Instagram at 20podcast. You can add us or, or talk to us or check us out on Twitter at 20podcast as well. And you can return next week to hear whatever it is that Bob and I are talking about in real time, in the present, or just, you know, I guess wait two years till we repost it again as some sort of a uh, rerun. That's how this one ends.